You are listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from to empower couples everywhere to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. This show is hosted by the budget-savvy bride herself, Jessica Bishop, along with me, Sari Wienerman, her Real Weddings editor. We've got a ton of fun stuff to unpack with you today, so before you get cold feet, Let's dive right in. Hey friends, we wanted to take a quick moment to share a bit about our amazing private community. If you're looking for a little wedding planning oasis away from the noise of social media, this is just the thing for you. Many of you have loved our Facebook group, but this new platform is what we like to call the next level of budget savvy wedding planning. And it allows you to connect with one another and share resources like never before. Come join us inside for wedding planning support from a like-minded community of smart and savvy brides-to-be. Get advice and feedback from brides, local vendor recommendations, and so much more. Join us inside today by visiting thebudgetsavvybride.com community. See you there. Welcome back to another episode of The Bouquet Toss. Today's topic is super sweet in more ways than one. We're talking about a bunch of traditions and trends around wedding cakes. And thankfully, this tradition's history is a little bit sweeter than some of the others we've covered on the show. We've got lots of fun facts and historical details to share with you, so let's get into it. Woohoo! Who doesn't love to talk about cake? Right? I'm just going to really want cake after this. So, wedding cakes. This tradition is probably older than most people believe. It dates all the way back to ancient Roman times, although it looked a little bit different then. In that time, the groom would break bread over the bride's head for good fortune. And this bread was like a cake, quote-unquote, of wheat or barley. Barley And it was... Barley cake that sounds doesn't, delicious. Doesn't right? sound as delicious as today's uh, iteration, <laughs> right? I think we did well moving forward. Yes, but this breaking bread was done to symbolize the end of the bride's purity, which oh. we hear that in a lot of wedding traditions. Yep. But funny enough, the newlyweds would eat some of the cake breadcrumbs, and then guests would gather around for the leftover crumbs and grab them for good luck. Right. Which is what we see so much with all of these wedding traditions is the passing of luck seems to be the through line from the couple to the other partygoers and the guests and maybe future couples. It's this idea of passing on luck that we're seeing in all of these traditions. And everyone getting their little piece of the luck from the newlyweds. Right. Whether it's in flower form or breadcrumb form. Or ripping the bride's dress. <laughs> right. So weird. Well, so anyway, from there, this tradition started to evolve even more. It made its way to England in AD 43 after the Romans invaded Britain. And in medieval England, a wedding cake started to be a little bit more cake-like in that it consisted of small spiced cake buns that were stacked really high into a tower. 
Oh, that sounds a little bit like, what are they called? The crook and uh, yeah. towers that you see nowadays that are like very chic and very luxurious looking. Our Instagram community loves to see a crook and tower. For sure. Right. It gets a, it does gets a really lot cool. of likes. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine you can fill the cake buns with different flavors. It's almost like a pull apart cake at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of one of my favorite holiday treats is monkey bread. Ah, how dare you. <laughs> now I'm going to scour the internet to find a monkey bread wedding cake. I wonder if someone's done that. Yeah. Monkey bread. Ugh, just like the cinnamon sugar deliciousness. That should definitely be made into an alternative wedding cake for like a brunch wedding or something. <gasps> so smart. Love it. Okay. We're going to get in more into those alternative wedding cakes, you know, at the end. Everyone's mouths will be watering. But <laughs> let's too, late. We'll- too late. <laughs> too late. But so these small spiced cake buns that they would stack really high, they would actually create almost like a challenge for the newlyweds. So it would be as high as they could make it so that the newlyweds would try to kiss over the top of it. And if they could, if they could reach, it meant they would have a lifetime of wealth. What happens if the bride is very, very short? I was just going to say, as a short (laughs) woman, I feel like I would be at a huge disadvantage. What is your height officially? I like to say 5'1", but it's probably just 5 feet. (laughs) Wow. I knew you were tiny, but I didn't realize it was that tiny. (laughs) But your boyfriend's very tall, so he could like boost you up. Yeah. I mean, he'd have no problem. He's 6'1". There you go. He'll have to pick me up and then. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just a funny, nice tradition, which I don't, I don't know. Do you see that these days? I feel Um, like I don't see many pictures of, like, kissing over the cake. Not over top of the cake. And especially now in these, like, post-COVID times, you want to stay far away from any (laughs) bit on the cake. But, no, I mean, I think, obviously, it's like a tradition for couples to cut the cake, sometimes feed it to one another, and kiss for some photos next to the cake. But I don't know that I've ever necessarily seen them kiss over top of it. You could get the cake on your dress, or what if you even like fell and you smushed it? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot that could go wrong. I think Mishaps. it's good that we <laughs> we've evolved that tradition. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, so speaking of evolving from this spiced cake bun tower, the wedding cake tradition continued to develop into what was then called the bride's pie. Oh. So it was a large pastry. Filled with fruit and nuts, minced meat. Minced meat? Yeah. This is what they do in England. You should know. Uh, I mean, yeah, the British are a little <laughs> strange with their, their food over here. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but they did decorate it with pastry flowers. So it was pretty okay. 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 I mean, I have to say, like, I'm not a fruitcake fan. So that yeah. that iteration probably wouldn't have been my cup of tea. Didunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of... Not being your cup of tea, would you also like to eat a ring? Because apparently they would hide a ring in the pie. Oh. And then it would be cut up and whoever bit into the ring (laughs) was thought to be the next person that would get married. Oh, another little kind of lottery. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. 
I've actually seen a similar tradition done at bridal showers where they put like little charms or something in the dessert. And sometimes they'll connect it to like a ribbon or something. So yeah. that you, you have to pull it out first. It seems like a very Southern old school style of tradition. <laughs> but in 1840, Queen Victoria, who we can attribute a lot of modern wedding traditions to, her wedding to Prince Albert kind of also signified the modern day wedding cake. So they had that traditional, it was a four-tiered round cake with white icing, which is pretty standard now. Very classic. Yeah, she gets a lot of credit for so many of these wedding trends. The white dress, the tiered wedding cake. What a trendsetter. Those royals. We love a royal wedding. Absolutely. So in England, she may have started this four-tier tradition, but in the U.S., it seems that three tiers is the most common, and that's since about the 1960s. And there's, like, significance to the fact that there's three, right? Yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah. I thought this was really interesting. Tradition has it that the bottom tier is for eating at the ceremony or your reception, I guess, after your actual wedding takes place. The middle tier is to be distributed after the celebration. And then, of course, the top tier is saved for the newlywed couple to save and cut and eat together on their one-year anniversary. Wow. I wonder if people know that. I feel like the top tier thing is pretty well known, but maybe the other tiers are a little bit more surprising. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it makes total sense. You know, the bottom tier being the biggest, you distribute then. And then the middle, you know, being the middle, you can give to people that maybe want to take some home. And then you save the top for the two of you. But that's interesting. I, I definitely never knew that. Yeah. When it comes to the top tier, saving it for a year after your wedding day for your one year anniversary, there's some really specific tricks. So I actually am a professional top tier wedding cake saver because I had that job given to me after my sister's wedding last year. Wow, what a title to receive. Go on. Well, I mean, I did get all of my tips and tricks from watching a YouTube video about how to wrap the top tier of a wedding cake, so I can't take full credit. But basically, I used a multi-wrapping method with cling wrap, and then you wrap it in tinfoil and then wrap it again in cling wrap. And so that keeps it really, really sealed and keeps it as fresh as possible for your one-year anniversary. And so you put it in the freezer for a year and then take it out, let it thaw, and then just eat it? Yeah, basically. I mean, it's the thought that counts, you know? It's the taking part in that tradition. Yeah, it's fun. Alternatively, you could just go back to the same baker who made your wedding cake and have them make you a little new one. <laughs> if oh, you'd, yeah. If you'd rather eat something fresh. Yeah, that's a good point too. Absolutely. Support that small business again. That's great. I mean, I guess it could even, you know, depend on the type of cake you have, which there are so many options. I mean, a lot of brides and grooms participate in a full-on tasting before they decide on what cake they're going to get. Oh, yeah. So Cake tasting is one of the many perks of uh, planning a wedding. Everyone should take advantage of a cake tasting. Keep trying it. Make sure it's perfect. Mm-hmm. You got to get the right ratio of icing to cake, you know, the flavors, all of it. Very important yeah. decision. 
So according to the results of a survey that we found, they had taken the survey in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and most wedding cakes then were either white or yellow cakes. But in the 2000s and 2010s, they went crazy with flavors, and most were white or chocolate cake, but there you know, was everything in the kitchen sink involved in <laughs> possible flavors for wedding cakes. I believe it. I think people these days, they want to personalize their wedding and not make it feel so cookie cutter. And so they might choose their favorite cake flavor. I know I saw, especially in the 2010s, when the majority of my close friends were getting married, I saw Funfetti and Red Velvet. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) They got creative. So were they still white on the outside? Yeah. Yeah. Most of them still like iced white on the outside. Red velvet is really popular in the South, sometimes as a groom's cake, I think, more so than a wedding cake. But Really? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I love a red velvet. I mean, really, it's just chocolate with some food coloring, but for some reason, it's just, you know, there's something about it. I think really what the red velvet cake is more about is like the cream cheese frosting that tends to accompany it. Ah, so this is, again, where the cake tasting is very important. (laughs) Oh, man. I want to try some. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, I mean, I would say, of course, white wedding cake seems to be, like, on the outside, the the icing, seems to be the most popular for sure. Although we have seen some incredible cakes in so many different colors. But this white icing symbolizes the same thing, you know, the purity and innocence as the white wedding dress. and. You know, it's funny because it was kind of out of convenience that white icing even came about. I mean, sugar's white. Right. You know, the icing is made from sugar. And so the most natural way to do it, it's going to be white. But apparently as time went on, brides wanted their cake even whiter. And the whiter the frosting, the more refined the sugar And the more refined the sugar, the more expensive the sugar. And so then it became almost like a symbol of status, the whiter your wedding cake was. I would imagine that that is along the same lines as the wedding dresses, like it symbolized luxury or opulence by being bright white. And if you're a fan of Great British Bake Off like I am, (laughs) here's a great little fact. So they always call it royal icing, right? Oh, yeah. And... It's because Queen Victoria, here she is again, she had this white wedding cake, and that's why they ended up calling the white icing royal icing. Wow. Who knew? I had no idea. I do love Great British Bake Off as well. You know, speaking of Great British Bake Off, we featured a wedding on Instagram recently where they had their own bake-off with their wedding guests oh my god and so yeah it was so cute so on their invitation they asked everybody to make a dessert Mm -hmm. and they created a dessert table but everybody voted on which dessert they liked best oh that's so cute yeah so it was almost like a potluck of dessert but they made it into this fun experience at the wedding which I thought was so cute Yeah, well, and savvy, too, because then you don't have to buy a big fancy wedding cake. (laughs) Absolutely, and you get such a variety. If you have people with different 
um, dietary needs, someone oh, for sure. making a gluten-free option or a dairy-free or something like that, you, you kind of cover a lot of bases there. Exactly. I love that. And who doesn't love a buffet? Who doesn't love variety and options to choose from? Yeah. And I think also when it's pretty and it's dessert that you love to look at it, that's a whole section of decor that's now dessert. Yeah. Instead of that whole table having been another floral arrangement or another DIY set of decor, you like build in the fact that it's dessert. Yeah. It's functional and decorative at the same time. Yeah. Love it. Dual purpose. Love anything that can pull double duty at a wedding because it just saves you time and effort and money. <laughs> I completely agree. Speaking of more traditions with cake, we don't just have cake at a wedding and just eat it. There is a whole moment for cutting the cake. Yes, this is definitely a, a one of those like show-stopping moments at a wedding reception in addition to the bouquet toss or garter toss, uh, the first dances, the cutting of the cake by the couple is one of those hallmark moments of a wedding reception. Definitely for the sake of getting good pictures, it's a picture moment. Yeah, it is one of those like iconic wedding photos, right? You gather the entire reception around to watch you do it. And the tradition actually used to be the bride would cut the cake alone. Really? Which it's kind of annoying because it symbolized her losing her virginity. I don't even know how you would draw a parallel there from her cutting the cake. <laughs> but it used to be just the bride. And then as obviously we all know, like this evolved and the bride and the groom cut together. And there is some tradition that says the bride's hand should be on the cake cutter and the groom should be on top of hers. Oh. Getting like real technical with cutting it. Yeah. Do um, we really need to make things so tra not not traditional, but so technical? It's like, really? Yeah. I just kind of feel like maybe we don't need to do that. To be fair, the groom's hand over the bride's was supposed to symbolize his support for her. Mm-hmm. But like she supports him too. So female empowerment. Right. Who cares? I was wondering if, because I think this was in some of the information that we read too, was symbolizing the bride becoming more submissive to her husband. And so she's serving him the cake or whatever. Yeah. Which luckily has changed because now the feeding of each other is meant to symbolize a mutual commitment to taking care of each other. That's nice. That I like. Yeah. And apparently you're supposed to cut from the bottom tier which would symbolize a long relationship, mm -hmm. which I also feel like if you don't, it might topple over. <laughs> so you may have to start there. I don't know. I feel but like I usually think... the couple, yeah, they'll cut like a little sliver of the bottom tier for like the ceremonial part of the cake cutting, but then they take the full top tier off and take it away so that the couple can wrap it up and take it home with them. Right, right. And this is where having staff there on your wedding day, whether it's your caterer or your coordinator who like assists in the disassembly and, <laughs> and all of that of the cake is important. Yeah, well, this could lead into some of the other alternatives that we've seen. If you do it the traditional way with the tiered cake and you want to save the top, of course, you need to have somebody that can take it away and cut everything up. But a big trend that we see a lot is that couples will opt for just a small cutting cake 
that they'll use, you know, maybe they put the cake topper on it and that's where they get the pictures. And then Mm -hmm. they actually serve the large sheet cake or a few, depending on how many guests you have, which is a budget saver. Yeah. It's one of our wedding budget tips. It's a great way to cut down cost because ultimately you're cutting it up anyway. Right. Well, and the thing that is a saver about that is when you get a sheet cake from your local bakery, there's a lot less decorating involved. It's not ornate or fancy. It's literally just simple covering with icing most of the time. So it tends to be less expensive per guest because of that. We even sometimes see cakes that are, I mean, they're alternatives definitely. And it doesn't even seem like they're keeping that in mind at all like they're not concerned with cutting it up and serving it I mean we've seen towers of cookies mm-hmm. oh I love that specifically we, we saw one with tiers of chocolate chip cookies and then a top cake for cutting <laughs> I mean it looked amazing we'll do that with donuts which then you can I mean that's like single serve you can give everyone a donut from that totally oh I think this is the newest one that I love the rice crispy yes cakes Which, I don't know, do you think that they cut into them and serve them? I would imagine that they do. I would think so. Uh Uh-huh. It just looks so good and, like, crisp and clean. Yes. So many wedding cakes, honestly. They're decorated so beautifully. It's kind of like a sad moment to cut into it because some of them truly look like works of art. If you're just getting started with planning your wedding, you absolutely have to pick up a copy of the budget-savvy wedding planner and organizer. This book has literally been described as the wedding planning Bible. No joke. The book is part workbook, part how-to guide, and it walks you through every single step of planning your big day. From laying the foundations for your wedding vision and budget to checking off every detail along the way, The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer will help you stay on track and on budget. And at only $7.99 on Amazon, you'll be sure to score tips and ideas that will save you thousands on your big day. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com slash book to get your copy today. We featured a ton of different alternatives. Like I know macaroons or macarons. The Parisian French little sandwich cookie, towers of those. I've seen couples do a wedding cake made out of cheese wheels. Yes. Which I'm a savory person. I do love cheese, but I also love to have dessert at a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) But to each their own, obviously, for just in the brunch category specifically, we've had waffles and pancake cakes. Oh my God, I love those. Literally stacks of yeah. waffles or pancakes. Oh, And I think we saw a cinnamon roll one. Oh. They made three tiers of cinnamon rolls. Okay, now my mouth is seriously watering. Right? I love anything cinnamony. Mm. And then, you know, I think another big trend in cakes in general is to do the naked cake that has frosting in between each layer, but maybe isn't covered fully on the outside of the cake with frosting. I think it looks gorgeous in pictures. It does. They look really beautiful. I've actually never been to a wedding where they served a naked cake. I do personally prefer a lot of frosting with my cake, so I don't know (laughs) if I would be a fan, but I do like the way that it looks. There's definitely people who are opposite, who don't love a ton of frosting, who would definitely love the naked cake. But I just think 
from an aesthetic standpoint, the naked cake is so beautiful. I agree. I also always feel like that's a good opportunity to try like a DIY moment. Mm. Taking on the task of fully icing an entire cake. That is hard. (laughs) But the naked cake option for a bride who's into maybe trying to do it DIY could be easier. And then, you know, adorning it with some of the flowers that you have. You pick the flowers from your bouquet or whatever, you know, the same type of flowers. Or maybe you have pieces of decor that you can add to it. But trying to make it yourself is always a good option. And something else that we see a lot is that family and friends often contribute to the cake making. Absolutely. I feel like we all know somebody who is an amateur professional baker. Exactly. (laughs) I personally did that when I got married. Uh, Oh, yeah? Yeah. My neighbor, my childhood home where I grew up with my family, our neighbor, her name was Tammy, and she was, like you said, an amateur professional baker. And she kind of became our go-to for my sisters and I and my parents. She would always bake our birthday cakes and stuff. And so when it came time to try to find, you know, a wedding cake bakery, when I was getting married, I was like, I want a Tammy cake. (laughs) We we called them Tammy cakes. And so, yeah, so she actually made my wedding cake and set it up and everything for the reception in lieu of a gift. And for me, that was great because that saved me hundreds of dollars that I would have spent on a professional wedding cake. And I mean, obviously, I don't want to discount the many years of experience and practice and artistry that professional bakers have and the service that they provide when they create these stunning works of art cakes. But I personally had something really simple in mind. I wanted just the simple three-tiered white buttercream icing, not Mm -hmm. a lot of decoration, not a lot of muss or fuss. And so for me, it was great to have a family friend make our cake for us. Yeah, so meaningful too. Yeah, and at the end of the day, obviously it costs her her time, but the supplies aren't really that expensive in the end. So if you have somebody in your circle (laughs) who is a good baker and enjoys doing that, never hesitate. She was thrilled. She was over the moon to do that for us. And it meant meant a lot to her as well. So it was baked with love. Yeah, exactly. So did you guys also do a groom's cake at your wedding? We did. We had catering through a local mom and pop barbecue place, and they actually provided desserts with the food package that we purchased. And so, yeah, so we had actually two different desserts that were kind of in lieu of a groom's cake, technically, but we had some red velvet cake and some coconut cake as well. Wow. Okay. So I need you to explain this groom's cake thing to me. (laughs) I mean, I think it's, you know, mostly a Southern tradition. At least it seems that the South is where it still happens the most now. But basically, so in in the research we found back in like the 17th century, two different cakes were made, one for the bride and one for the groom. So it actually was pretty common for there to be two cakes for a while and then it fell out of style, I guess. So then the bride's cake basically became the main event. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But when two cakes were served together, the groom's cake was typically a darker colored. So if you have the bridal cake, the main wedding cake is 
white, it's vanilla, it's covered in white frosting, the groom's cake would be richer, a chocolate flavor or like a rich fruit flavor, just to Mm. balance out that flavor profile with the brides. I love that it was giving variety to the guests. So many of the weddings that we edit and feature on the blog, I'd see all the time a different groom's cake. And usually they're decorated to represent the groom. Yeah. His hobbies, which I always thought was just so interesting. I didn't even understand why that existed, but it's been around for so long. Yeah, I do think it's, you know, in modern times, groom's cakes have reflected, like you said, their hobbies or interests or their favorite sports team. Growing up in the South, I went to the University of Tennessee, go Vols, and um, (laughs) the number of volunteer orange (laughs) groom's cakes I saw growing, you know, going orange. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was my college uh, alma mater color. That's a bold choice. It it is a bold choice. And you know what? I wear it with pride. Okay. (laughs) I mean, orange is one of my favorite colors. I don't blame you at all. But in cake, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, often it would be, you know, sometimes it would be like a a football or, you know, Neyland Stadium or something like that representative of the football team. But I've seen and and we featured on the blog, you know, anything from Star Wars, Groom's Cakes to superheroes to Lord of the Rings. I feel like and maybe it's this might be a gender stereotype or whatever, but for so long, people have made the wedding day to be so much about the bride and the groom doesn't really weigh in on a lot of the decisions or didn't for quite some time. <laughs> and so that groom's cake was really an opportunity to show off something about his personality, I guess. That makes a lot of sense. And especially for couples that do really have that dynamic where maybe the the groom is less into it. The bride has potentially dreamed of every aspect of her wedding since she was five. And that's potentially something that her partner, whether it's a bride or a groom, hasn't done. It, It does help to provide an opportunity for them to show their personality and have a thing that's that they created that they picked out. Yeah. I like that. Speaking of something that we like how about something we don't like (laughs) i cannot understand people sleep with a piece of cake under their pillow after their wedding that can't be a current fact right it can't be but uh, i don't know so it's thought that the person sleeping with a piece of cake would then dream of their partner that night it okay this this custom dates back almost 300 years So I'm going to say I don't think that happens very often now. No, that's an old thing for sure. And wait, this is so cute. So it was often because they would have smaller wedding favors. Mm. They would create tiny little replicas of the wedding cake (laughs) to give out as favors and then put that under their pillow. I still don't understand why you'd put it under your pillow, but that's cute. (sighs) Yeah. I love anything mini. I do like a miniature, I mean, give me a mini wedding cake favor. That's great, but I'm not going to sleep with it under my pillow. I'm going to eat it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I guess to each their own, if you want to do that, you can totally do that. But with wedding cakes, as with every wedding tradition, there's ways to make it work for you, especially I would say with COVID now, a lot of couples are opting for single serve desserts. You know, it minimizes the risk of passing germs. So 
rather than having these huge, big cakes that you're then going to cut up and potentially touch and all of that stuff, they'll have wrapped single serve desserts, which I think is very cute. Well, and you could still stack it to make it look like a cake if they're in cute little boxes or something. Ooh, that is true. And you could not even have a cake at all, depending on what you like and what you don't like. You can have, like we mentioned, those cheese wheels. Yeah. I actually just made a cake out of watermelon. Really? It was a three-tiered cake out of watermelon. And it looked amazing. And that could be your cake. It doesn't have to be icing and actual cake. You can do anything that you want. That would be great for like a 4th of July wedding. (gasps) So true. It did have blueberries on it too. Cute. Yeah. Some other fun trends that we've seen are the geode cakes Mm -hmm. where they just have cascading crystals or I've actually seen that done with flowers instead or fruit where they'll carve out a part of the cake. There's just so much fun that you can have with it. Yeah, I know we had a post that recently went up on Instagram and it was a a wedding cake that had pressed flowers pressed into the icing and it was stunning. Stunning. That I can't even fathom cutting into. It's so pretty. It was beautiful. But really, it was just very simple white icing and then they just added the pressed flowers into the icing on the cake. So right, pretty simple. It would be a simple DIY if you had the pressed flowers. So you could even get your cake from Costco and then or Publix or whatever local bakery you have and get some pressed flowers and pop them on your cake. I think that the next time you and I are in the same country, (laughs) we should make a DIY tutorial of a pressed flower cake. Oh, that would be fun. And then eat it. Yes. We can get get the pressed flowers from Teresa who did our uh, pressed flower tutorial on the blog. Absolutely. Which, if anybody who's listening to this needs to follow Modern Pressed Flower on Instagram and TikTok and all the places because she puts out the most beautiful pressed flower content. It's yeah, incredible. It's yeah. Incredible. We've covered a lot of this already, like throughout our conversation, but there's so many different ways to make the wedding cake tradition work for you, whether it's having a smaller cake for cutting, but serving a sheet cake to all of your guests or opting for a dessert buffet instead of just one big traditional wedding cake. You could fill it with pies or cookies or pastries, depending on what your style is. And then, of course, similar to The Real Wedding that we featured, the idea of doing a dessert potluck gives you a great way to pull that off without costing yourself a lot of money. Yeah. And then, of course, if you don't like cake at all, you don't have to. serve one you can do anything from cheesecake like we talked about or not cheesecake cheesecake is a dessert (laughs) (laughs) you could have cheesecake not to be confused with cheesecake but a cake made out of actual cheese wheels (laughs) (laughs) or even something less cake like maybe like an ice cream bar and by ice cream bar I mean ice cream buffet (laughs) yeah oh that's good Build your own Sunday. 
You really can do anything you want. And if getting those iconic wedding pictures is important to you, then go all in to making sure that the cake is everything you want it to be from the aesthetic standpoint. If it's more important to you to symbolize supporting one another by feeding each other the cake, maybe that's the thing you prioritize. Figuring out what it means to you is definitely, I think, the place to start. Absolutely. Well, let's close out with some fun wedding facts. We've got a few here. So the most expensive wedding cake was valued at $52 million. What? And adorned with diamonds, 4,000 diamonds. I mean, that's like more than the most expensive engagement ring, I feel like, that we talked about. (laughs) I just, I don't even understand why. But- Fun fact. And the world's largest wedding cake was 17 feet tall. I don't know. I don't I don't even know how you do this. 17 feet tall and weighed 15,000 pounds. What? But it was created for the Mohegan Sun Hotel and Casino for a bridal showcase in 2004. I think it was a wow factor thing. I'm not sure it's it's a practical actually have at your wedding type of thing. Definitely not, unless you're a Kardashian or royalty of some sort. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But a lot of the wedding traditions that we talked about, specifically about cake today, were definitely more Western. But we found that in China, the couple begins cutting a multi-tier cake from the lowest level, gives the first piece to their parents and other ancestors. And this is to symbolize honoring their place as the foundation of the family. Oh, I love that. I love that too. From the bottom of the cake because it's the foundation. Yeah. That's that's really nice. Yeah, it goes right to their parents. I love that. Sentiment. I like that too. Yeah. Well, I think I want to go eat some cake now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to queue up Great British Bake Off. (laughs) Ah, yes. All right. Well, you enjoy it. And we'll talk on the next one. Sounds good. As a Budget Savvy Bride, we love helping our couples save money on their big day. Before you go buying anything for your wedding, be sure to visit our wedding deals section, where you'll find exclusive deals and discounts from some of the biggest names in bridal, as well as some savvy sales you won't want to miss out on. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com deals to see what you can save on this week. Again, that's thebudgetsavvybride.com deals. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride to empower couples to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. If you've had as much fun as we did, then please catch The Bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're a bride-to-be looking for a little extra support, then join us in our private community to connect with brides like you. Our community helps to support one another while also sharing the free resources we provide via our website and this podcast. Visit community.thebudgetsavvybride.com to join. As always, stay true to you. We look forward to chatting again soon.